0: chris keys for Premier guitar i am not in nashville tennessee i'm outside nashville tennessee about 95 miles southeast on the way to atlanta and pelham tennessee at the cavern a special place with a very special band stephen of sun o is here and we are in a cave folks and uh if this was not the most appropriate band to introduce a cave for a rig rundown it is this band <laughs> and we are literally testing as we saw during kind of sound check line check with greg and stephen is the we're testing the structural integrity of the earth's crust with mm-hmm. your guys' volume. <laughs> so uh, let's get right into it, Steven. This is a Travis Bean that uh, a lot of your fans have seen you use for years and years, so tell us about it. Um, well, I've
1: been using Travis Bean for about 20, 20 years or so, maybe a little more. This this particular instrument is a uh, one of the new Travis Beans mm-hmm. that Kevin Burkett started doing with Mrs. Bean. Okay and uh yeah the new travis bean designs but he asked me to do a signature which is kind of insane to do so i did a silver burst um i've been playing this for a few years i think this came out in 18. 2018.
0: What were some of the things you asked Kevin to do and is it maybe based off of like a T like a 500 or a 1000 model like 1001? Yeah, it's
1: a th- yeah is exactly. It's the okay. uh, it's the A it's the a 1000A reissue. Okay. Well, it's not a reissue, it's just the remake, I guess. Well, the thing is though Kevin's machining is so beyond what they were capable of in the 70s. Mm. So precise I imagine. Yeah, the precision is is more tangibly accurate and i don't know how to really put it otherwise but play, i have several old travis beans too which i love very different characters but this one is um there's something right here that it just feels more accurate here this little dip in mm. inside here but it still has brass nut which is something some of the beans had back yeah then, but not all um and we we coiled the um the pickups are hang you know they're coiled by Kevin in his shop um, you know according to this bean specs and And, stuff too
0: and I know that Kevin does metal body guitars like Buzz has the signature metal guitar is this a wood body or a metal body this is Koa okay so it is just like the old ones
1: yeah and they they made um, several with pine back then too but um, some of the Koa ones they made back then also the artists they did paint it's kind of stupid to paint Koa now (laughs) yeah because it's so rare but in the 70s I guess it was have a surplus um, furniture wood um, uh, alternative to mahogany. Mm. So it was used a little bit more, you know, just as a product. Now, now it's pretty expensive actually to get a slab even this size, size but we decided to do it, do the Silver Burst anyway. Uh, one of my first real actual guitars was a Silver Burst um,
0: Les Paul.
2: So okay. i
1: always had a um, place in my heart for that.
0: Cool. <laughs> something about that striking about those like cosmetically, the Les Paul and the Les Paul is like a classic traditional shape, but when you throw a silver burst on it and then they start to fade and get that green look to yeah, it. It's really yeah, cool. Yeah. It's very definitely. unique to that type of colouring and layout. But yeah. This, There's
1: all those myths about the Les Paul silver burst too, that the that the um the paint had a um the substrate and the paint was denser or something and mm. dulled the sound down. I don't know if that's true. I mean Les Paul is always kind of dull to me yeah. in a way compared to Travis Bean, mm-hmm. of course. But any guitar would be, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, we were specific about the radius too, but um, and the uh, fretboard material. But um, you know, it's not. It's an artist anyway, which is a is the custom of Travis Bean. But mm-hmm. it's more of the um, accomplishment of having a interaction actually with them. Yeah, you know. So. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've been playing this one with um, Son for a couple of years. Awesome. But I also have some of Kevin's other guitars, the Electrical Guitar Company stuff, which are, are pretty nice. Yeah.
0: And what should we know about uh, strings and tuning that you're using on this?
1: Um, we tune to a drop A. Kind of, well, it's basically a, a, a baritone, baritone. but it's not a baritone-length neck. So um, I think in this, I have a seventy. On the bottom all right and then basically a heavy jazz set so 56. oh okay on the e and yeah but uh on my some of my other beans i have up to a 74. wow on the bottom yeah and on, on the electrical i have a electrical um a lucite um sg shape called a ghost that kevin made for me that's um, cool. which i use flat wounds.
0: oh wow yeah with like a
1: 72 bottom and that's that's a particular thing, too.
0: And is it uh, like Ernie Balls, Dunlop, what string, or D'Addario? Well, Anything you can All of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, I got a lot, I don't know, some string companies gave me a lot of free stuff at some point. Yeah. D'Addario did. So I've been using that for a couple of years. Got good it. It's good stuff. I mean, I'm not too particular about it, but I had some custom st- uh, steel strings made, but that doesn't work with my, with the brass nut, really, mm-hmm. and the this bridge they break too often so I went back to the nickel yeah
0: and pickup switching are you kind of all over the place or you stay in the middle or does that just happen to be where the switch is at now I kind of keep them both open
1: and I use the volume to blend them actually rather than switch back and forth with this band Mm. but um I would say in general my playing I, I always have it on the um yeah the back pickup so it's brighter yeah but with this band, uh, just the way the guitar feeds back and the resonance, sound pressure—it's good to keep them both open and move to move to the neck for yeah, some of the some of the pitches depending what pitch it is. Mm. Uh,
0: yeah. Now uh, we joked off stage that like part of the allure of the band is the, the amp setup, but part of how mm. you guys use them is is kind of part of the they're musically part of the band, a band member. So let's well, meet some of the other band members. Yeah, here. I mean for me. It,
1: my philosophy is that i'm just part of this bigger circuit of the instrumentation which is of course the amplifier the speaker the, the valves of course the fil- different various filter voltage filters essentially that are that are effects pedals mm-hmm. and um the air and feedback um so like who's in the band it's it's a bit more more like um, a material the, with the people yeah that's the way i do it but certainly these amps are the i would say the main characters of the band
0: now i assume that we'll just split it down the middle and this is kind of your setup it. okay
1: yeah that's how we're doing it
0: and then when i did a rundown with matt pike with sleep he had eight or nine oranges and he was using them almost as different eqs yeah like some of them would be more yeah. bassy mm-hmm. some more treble yeah. is that what you're doing or are they all just set equally the same and just pure volume or they eq differently to complement the whole thing well
1: they're you know these amps are 50 uh, some are about 50 years old and some are about my age a little yeah. less than 50 years old so um you know over that time they've been any sort of maintenance that's happened of course and and uh, modding yeah by the various owners of so those 50 years they got different characters so there's a bit of that like mm. approach like I would say, rather, there are different iterations of the same instrument that are tuned differently. Okay. Yeah, and part of that tuning could be EQ, but a lot of it has to do, for me, with the saturation on the input and the output saturation. So there's, I I guess, kind of in a nutshell, my concept of playing this music, for tone involves just many, many, many different gain stages that are all intonated differently depending on the pitch of the sound, and including the different um, uh, gain stages in the in the amps, of course, and also the gain stages in the speaker. That's the what speaker I was folding ha- and all of this type of thing, and the comb filtering that happens with the uh, speaker folding. And I was going to ask: Is, is
0: there a specific uh, specific like speaker that you? seek out or is it just kind of what you guys kind of obtain or are you know have you found certain speakers do certain things to yeah. what the whole again the whole enterprise is doing
1: I, I'm kind of into that yeah it, um when we're on a tour in the states we do a lot of rented backlines, so we can't get so specific but yeah. at home I have a lot of low lower wattage speakers and greenbacks and stuff and like 30 or like 30 and 20 watt speakers okay um on this tour we're using just like SIR uh, 412, and uh, Celestian 75s, but mm. and then we're also borrowing some of the stuff from Sound, the new Sound City, Neil Oster, Osterberg. Okay. And these are um, new Fane's in here. Okay. still have the, these are Fane 70s, I think, in this. Um, yeah, F70Gs in in these. These are two Friat stacks. One is older. Um and I think these all have um, 50 watt speakers in them. I'm not really familiar with this brand. It's just Neil from Sound City. Also okay. works for them, and he offered. You know, we have so many cabinets. It's it's great to. Um, SIRs rates now are ridiculous. So it's nice to have some variation in the speaker cabinets and, and also collaborators with some people too, you know.
0: And then, just so everyone knows at home, if they're keeping score, obviously, every is everything on all the time or are you switching between amps and engaging them, like you said, the gain stages, or are the amps always on and everything else you're doing is guitar volume and the pedals? How are you adjusting the, sun, the dynamics and stuff? Okay, yeah. the suns are always on.
1: Dynamics, I use the volume pedal a lot and also just on the... I mean, I would say most... <laughs> the, the real fine tuning is just coming through the, the volume of the guitar, of mm. course, but um, there's various paths that I use here okay. uh, for different t- co- slight shades of color saturation or grain. Like if it's a paint, then it's the, it's the, uh, the, the shorter bandwidth color gradation or the density of the, the paint, Yeah, I would say. With the the density of the pigment, so on this board, typically for most of the life of the band, I've used this rat here, which is unfortunately I'm having a day off, but um, this is a yeah big box rat that I had a Keeley mod done in like 2000. And I just always used the off amp setting on what, that thing.
0: What was that mod that you had Keely do to
1: it? Well, he did the Keely mod where he, he changed changed out some of the. Um, electronics in okay. there and, put it, and uh, part of it was putting an op amp setting that um, is just, just a higher gain stage and with the, the Travis being so these pickups are like up to 1.5 volts so it's quite a lot more than most guitars mm. so already with that I mean it's not coming in like, hot yeah they're not active but it's um just the dynamic slope that you can get from the guitar alone it's been the basis of my plan. <laughs> yeah. um, but with Sun, we're using, um, there's a lot more distortion effect and saturation effects. So, yeah, for years I was using this. And then, um, of course, we have the life pedal here, which is, this is the third iteration of it. I love congrats on those. that. That yeah, one just it's came great. out again. Another, another one awesome. of those. That's a really awesome, also another awesome like collab with uh to work with that company yeah. and
0: gear and stuff. It's great. Jamie and Julie and their whole family is a, a good, good people. Yeah, in Akron. good people.
1: Totally. Um, and it's interesting because then we have all these characters too. The light pedals character, the Model T's are characters. <laughs> the old, the old, older ones, uh, the first generation, the Super T here, you know, they all have stories too. These, this one was. Purchased from Eddie Van Halen's studio. Oh, wow. We have, we have two that we bought from there. There's different st- stories behind the amps. The, the Buddhas. These oh, those yeah. Those two. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of characters there. So the metaphor you were talking about, about the band being bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's Greg and I playing duo guitar. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of uh, different um, spirits in the air there. And then I I... I use a um, Swiss Things, also from Earthquaker, just as uh, for two effect loops um, that I engage from time to time. And one is a goes through his Fuzzmaster, this um, Cornish G2, and the, the Black Ash. Um, maybe they're not all on at the same time, but yeah. if I want to change that, yeah, that density of the pigment, you know, so to say. The ones that echo, mine <coughs> goes to a 201, which okay. I, I love, I have a collection of these. This one's from Ryan, rapper, our beloved um, uh, guitar tech. And then I also work a lot with the French company Otto. Machine. So yeah. this is a
0: BAM. It's the reverb. I just got turned on to those via uh, Matt Mitchell from Pussifer. He had a couple of those in his rig, mm-hmm. and that was their they're really cool.
1: Yeah, they're really diverse. They sport. seem really interactive too. I was one of the first people who play guitar to use them. Uh-huh. I'm friends with Dennis Keju. Uh I live in Paris. He li- that's where his shop is and stuff. So he was. Ex- I I learned about these from Mika Vainio from Panasonic, and okay. he had learned about them from um sleazy from throbbing gristle so the lineage of this these um came to the guitar later it was mainly like electronic artists using this but it's great analog circuit digital control so um, yeah.
0: and the, and then on the rat is that i'm sure based around the you know the legendary 308 chip that on, although, on the, the life pedal yeah. okay the life So mm-hmm. but that that one too rat.
1: yeah okay mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly what the Keeley mod is, but I knew uh, several of the caps were changed. He basically changed out the shittier components, Components, yeah, at the time. But I, I'm not as... Greg's really knowledgeable about all the components of this, um, of RATS. Uh, I, I don't really... I haven't really gone in that, that much it. with this. More just like, what is the result for me? So.
0: And before we move on to Greg's setup, what is the... The, the gray box here between your tuner and the life pedal
1: oh that's an archer it's a, oh, okay it's a yeah a clone yeah clone clone of the silver clone
0: and then these two uh, SVT stacks how are they getting used okay so those are also in the guitar chain it's okay. a, it's
1: not exactly bi amping
0: but of course you have a, yeah, a very different
1: power structure uh-huh. Um. Which I guess um, fills out the low end a little bit more, but actually it's a bit more of this like brutal sounding. Uh, probably a nod to our like fascination with death metal and stuff. Yeah, a bit more, but actually these stacked. One of these is a spare. Okay, but it goes through that that channel. It's channel four for me, so it goes to the MTI and then it's the slaving the, this VR actually. So we're not using the preemptive VR, but this is different uh, for us on this tour to use these Japanese uh, SVT. Oh, cool. TIs, right? Um, but the VRs are something I've used a lot. I mean, we have a, in Europe, we, we own a lot of vintage um, SVTs uh, in the band uh, community. Yeah. Um, but here on tour, we, uh, we just rent the VRs. Yeah.
0: And then the last thing I want to touch on is the Aguilar pedal and then the pedal to its right that has Mm -hmm. numbers on it is that is that like what you're alluding to is the amp switcher yeah this is channels i guess this is
1: made by the guys at bright onion i've worked with them for years we've done we've done a lot of different routing switches um, with this band um first initiated with gentry Dansley from uh, eagle twin he built he was building us these um switchers for a while but I uh, I started working with Bright Onion to make a smaller one. So this this is uh, splits between four channels, and it has phase control and ground lifts on each or three of the channels. So we can tune the back. It's all about tuning too. You're tuning the signal with these all the effects, but also tuning the amps. Uh, keep things in phase is is fundamental thing. Yeah. For the yeah. You know, the the structure of the sound and then real quick the uh, The Aguilar is an optimizer it's kind of like a fun punctuation that (laughs) comes on once in a while and it definitely the way I hear it it abstracts the guitar sound into something that's more like um, minimalist electronics (laughs) actually (laughs) but it's fun to kick it in sometimes it's not a main component for me the way I use it it's it's more like a
0: punctuation at times well, Steven, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking yeah, the time. This is a so. treat. And uh, we're going to talk nice to Greg. talking with you. Great. To the right here, everyone. I'm joined by Greg. Greg, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, I do have to say another special thank you for uh, creating and being an ambassador of heavy music for creating Southern Lord. That's that's absolutely, man.
3: Yeah, it's it's an honor. Sleep
0: all the band Pelican all the right on. Love all that shit that you guys do. So appreciate not only creating this band, but also being an ambassador for heavy music. Uh,
3: Right on, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah enough of that prelude let's dive into what we're here for gear man
3: so uh talk to us about this special les paul that you've used for years and years well this one i got probably god i'm trying to think of what year it was maybe like 2008 2009 um i had another gold top les paul it was at 89 and it the neck we were on tour we were on tour with boris actually and the neck uh snapped on it and um mid-tour we went the next day to just to whatever guitar center, guitar st- was the closest guitar store to us, mm-hmm. and went in there and I saw this and it's like well, that looks like the guitar I had so yeah um, it originally had um, the mini humbuckers yeah and uh, I didn't I didn't care for the way those sounded actually mm-hmm. um, thought they were a little thin so I switched them out for these uh, demarzio Super Distortion uh, pickups for this and this is. Uh, this has uh, been the, my one of my main guitars for a really long time. The other band I played, Gut Snake. This is the guitar that I played, and uh, and that. And um, I have another black Les Paul '72 um, that I've been playing a lot lately with Sun, but um, I kind of bring this one out for special occasions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I consider this evening to be a special occasion. Absolutely. So it was like, uh, asked our. Uh, our main dude Ryan to uh, to set this up for tonight. So now, uh, what do you dig about those Super Distortion P90s? They have a nice grind to them, and it's a kind of high output, and um, it just sounds great. Like I, I, I've always, I kind of fell into the P90 because that guitar I mentioned before that that broke, yeah. um, that had P90s on it. I, you know, when I was a lot younger, and and I got my the first gold top, Les Paul. I, I I really honestly got it because. I wanted a Les Paul, and I thought the gold top looked cool. I didn't really know. I didn't even, couldn't even tell you the difference between a Humbucker and a P90, you know, uh-huh. at that time. But I was like, oh, it's inter- interesting soap bar pickups that that had. And it just ended up kind of becoming a part of my sound. You know, I made it work with, I've always, you know, had a rat pedal and then these sun amps. So yeah. it's like it just, it sounded really good with that. So, you know, I just wanted to continue using... And getting that that sound, and it's it's got kind of just a cool grind to it, and and some some noise to it that I think adds to the character and the overall body of the sound. The first thing I kind of really did with the uh, the Les Paul with the P90s was uh, in the late '90s, uh, the first Goat Snake album. And the guitar sound on that record, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the the guy who captured the sound and stuff. But the sound of that, the sound on that is, is very unique and it's 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 heavy but it's got its own flavor to it its own character and i i literally you know i kind of just fell into it it wasn't planned out it's yeah. just you know it's that case of like playing with what you, playing what you have yeah and and making that work and then you know um you fine tune that and then that's that's how you get your own sound you know
0: i mean i've heard your uh interviews you guys have done earlier in the career and the creation of the band was that sometimes you're even borrowing gear guitars and amps and stuff yeah totally. So like. To get to the point where you have an established sound and uh, the full arc of that is, is pretty astonishing in terms of where you started and now where you're at and you you kind of fell into some of it and it's just been part of the band the legacy of it
3: yeah i mean especially in the early days our idea was to play through as many cabinets and amps as we could get our hands on and we were young and broke and and didn't have much so we would just try to borrow things and cobble things together and and then eventually, you know, uh, you just kind of accumulate gear. And, and, you know, back 20 years ago, it was also 20, 25 years ago, it was a lot cheaper. You
0: know? yeah, I bet.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: I bet. Yeah, Yeah,
0: Well, let's dive into a little bit more, like Stephen said, the other characters in the band. We covered the guitar, so what should yeah. we know about your amp setup and how are you using everything?
3: Well, it's the Model Ts. I mean, it's pretty, you know, uh, I, I, t- I try to keep things pretty simple on the front end because these t- these Ts are just, they're killer. They're, they're the killer power. Powerful amp, you know, and I started off in the mid-90s with one of these things, and uh, which is I think this one, and then um, eventually just started adding to them and developing the, uh, the, wall, the wall of sound. You know, yeah. With these things. I lived in Seattle, Washington, and um, I, had, um, I had gone to a basement show in Olympia, Washington, and I saw this band called Lice. They had this really great <laughs> guitar player named name. Tim Green, and Tim Green was in bands before that like Nation of Ulysses and um, uh, The Fucking Champs, he was in that band too. Okay. So he was, he was in this new heavy band that I had heard about, and I went and saw him in this basement, and he was playing a Model T. And I immediately was like, what is that? Because I'd seen, you know, growing up in the Northwest, you'd seen a lot of Sun Solid State stuff, and like, I... You know, I was really familiar with it because of Buzz from the Melvins, yeah. for example. And I really liked, you know, his sound was very influential. So he was using these solid-state, smaller like sun amps, And they were everywhere, and all the pawn shops everywhere. But I'd never seen, a, you know, a larger thing that had tubes in it. So I talked to Tim after that show, and he told me about, um, you, know, uh, the, the, you know, it's a Model T. It's made by Sun. It's tube amps, and it's just so powerful. So I immediately... Uh, wanted to you know I had to have one and um, I found this one in a um, uh, in in, in an area called Fremont in Seattle at a at a flea market (laughs) it was like a flea market (laughs) indoor flea market in a basement and this guy had a bunch of like old records like on the shelf and then like underneath the shelf was this I saw the Model T and I was like oh my god there it is you know I'm like and I'm like, hey, what's up with that? He's like, you want that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, what's the deal? And so I got it for really, you know, really cheap. And he's like, yeah, get it out of here. This thing's heavy and I'm tired of carrying it around. Yeah, know? he was happy to unload it. Yeah, it's a lot of clean power. So, you know, you can put, uh, you put, I usually, you know, put a rat in front of it and that's that's the sound, you know? Yeah. I and mean, of course the guitar is very important in that too, but um, that's the sound that I've been working with for all these years it really hasn't changed much you know so
0: and and i was asking Stephen, is there anything that you're doing eq wise in terms of like uh the amp individually themselves but then also as a collective are the amps kind of a different version of eq or is it everything's just working together in terms of like everything's dialed similarly
3: the everything's dialed very similar there's no i'm not getting anything i'm not going for anything different or having one that's like. A different character okay. than the other. It's like it's more about just you know stacking. <laughs> it stacks yeah. and stacks of and a wall of sound. You know, so it's like I don't do much uh, different. Sometimes you know I'll tweak. You know, sometimes these amps. You know, obviously that they they, they they can sound different too. So sometimes I'll tweak it here and there if I hear something um, like oh I, I think this needs a little more a little more treble on it or I need to reduce the okay. reduce the bass on this. Um, so sometimes I'll do that, but it's, I mean, it's its so, it's so minimal, you know, and minute that it's its not, you know, yeah. they're, they're the same pretty much. Got it. Yeah.
0: And a similar setup with the Ampegs being like, this one's running and that's slaving into these.
3: Yeah, so it's this one here. I okay. mean, and these are, and these are rentals. So the, the, we, we, we don't, um, I don't own these, okay. but, but I love using them. And we, this is something that I would use really only in Sun, any other group I've played in i haven't played (laughs) yeah i haven't played a bass rig as well you know it's more it's like you know other bands that play guitar and it's been like you know maybe two stacks of of in with the with the model t's but the ampeg is is something that we use uh in sun exclusively live okay um and yeah we've got a slave here this one is here is slaved and then this is a backup actually because these 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 tend to go down here and there you know so yeah we we try to um we have a we, we're we're prepared you know
0: well i was curious about how much you bring in terms of like an amp technician or someone that can handle that and then also backups because we did AC/DC 2016. And, i love that one yeah, yeah and That's angus great. was yeah. blasting like nine or ten marshals yeah and he's like hot as hell and they're burning out so yeah. like they're switching in and out amps all these different and he's got shows. a guy
3: right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so that's uh, great with that yeah we have a, we have a guy that's amazing this guy ryan rap he's he's our guy like we won't leave home without him now you know yeah. he's just like he he is he's a guy he, he's, he's a he's an amazing amp tech and he just he knows these things really well and so so we yeah we you know <laughs> i mean these things are you know these things are uh, over 50 years old so Insane. it's like you know it's an antique road show is what this is <laughs> so, <laughs> a very loud so, one like a very loud antique road show so yeah uh so he uh you know we need to have somebody that's like that knows the stuff because yeah these things tend to go down but but we're not playing them you know we're not running them like they're you know they're they're all being run and they're able to take what we give it i mean yeah. it's not like we're like abusing these things it's more you know it's I mean we've we've figured out over the years oh, I bet how to use them and, and I mean I mean and it's it is the it's a it's the sound that this is the sound of the band. Yeah. You know, almost more than anything. So the amps, you know.
0: Well, let's dive through your uh, go through your pedal board real sure, quick just sure. so
3: people know that and uh, sure. tell us about it, Greg. I try to keep it pretty simple to be honest with you. I I've, I love pedals and I've I've totally gone down a lot of rabbit holes and I own a lot of pedals at yeah. home. I really like to um at some point because I, I started off really simple I started off my, my setup was literally just a rat pedal and a tuner
2: uh-huh
3: and then um and then I got went down a rabbit hole with pedals and I started you know just geeking out and my pedal board started expanding and I was noticing I was having spending more time on the board and and, and troubleshooting here and there with different things and. Finally I just like you know what I just want to go back to keeping it simple and because and, this sound doesn't need a lot of extra stuff and Yeah, sometimes I would just be like it'd be overkill because most of the stuff that I'd be stacking was just different Distortions and fuzzes and games. Yeah, and it's like after a while. It's like dude. It's just this is some mess You know, it's, <laughs> so it's a cacophony <laughs> And that might be cool, but it's like uh, so I was I was like hey, you know, I'm just gonna go back to the basics but um, one thing in that kind of all that experimenting is that I really uh, discovered is I really like this the blend um, of a, a big muff and a rat pedal, and um, those two together, and basically using the rat as a um, as a boost for the muff. Mm. So I set the muff kind of lower, um, and I and I have a preferred. Big Muff, which is the Civil War Big Muff, the soft tech, okay. the Russian. Was going to ask that, so I'm glad you covered it. Yeah, man, that's. I mean, I've, I've I geeked. I went so far down a rabbit hole with the um, Big Muffs. I love that pedal, and I have There's so every, many variations of it. Ev- I love that. And kinda, of it. Too. It's so cool. Yeah, I got into all of that, and I narrowed it <laughs> for me. I narrowed it down to the specific, um, the Civil War. Uh, uh, what they call the Civil War Big Muff. So what? What about that? Is the one it has this, the cherry? It has a massive low end to it. Okay. It's just it, there's Big Muffs have a lot of uh, t- you know typically all of them have a, a, a nice amount of low end, but this one has it just has more depth to it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the bottom is rounder, and uh, it's it's just I just feel it's just great, and 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 I blend it with um, you know like I said I blend it with the with the with the with the rat distortion and uh it gets a nice really like just powerful kind of chewy sound to it almost mm. but so <clears throat> uh, currently on the board <coughs> is the is the pedal that that some uh helped develop with life uh with uh earthquake or the, the life pedal so um and i love that because okay it's it's it has the rat circuit in it mm-hmm. um and then it, uh, it also has a boost at the end which is something i was also um uh, when I was experimenting with all those pedals, I found like, oh, I put a boost at the end of everything and just makes it makes it louder. But it also drives these tubes, uh, drives these amps a lot harder, too, which it, it gives sure. a really nice, really nice warm and and and, and uh, chewy ooze to it. You know, okay. so great words. <laughs> so uh, so so when we were um, talking with Earthquaker about. Um, Developing this pedal and, and the idea, it's like definitely the rat has to be part of the care you know part of the sound, and then um, and then a boost at the end. But we also um, we also um, wanted to create like kind of an octave uh, oh. uh, t- uh, on it as well. So like we were really into the. Um, the Japanese uh, fuzz pedals from the late '60s and '70s, like the, uh, Chine. the Super, the Shaney, the, the Super Fuzz, the FY2, the FY6 Chine, and the and also the the, the fuzz, the fuzz wa? Wa? Yeah. without the wah, yeah, just the fuzz. So we wanted to create something like that, and we made it so that that, that is an option where you can where you can bring that in or bring it out uh, uh, of the sound. But but really, the whole you know the makeup of this pedal is the is the rat.
0: Into and the, the boost
3: yeah. but i use i've really started i've really started becoming uh fond of the of the octaves, so I blend a lot more of that and that kind of gives it this real um, this real grind to it that I really like um, and then I have the optimizer the Aguilar optimizer like Steven has it as well I yep. use that certain moments of the of, uh, of, of when we perform to get just like a ridiculous um, beating um, Fighting, uh, sub bass type thing happening. It's like it's more of a sort of a, it's an effect that's like <laughs> kind of creates some, some chaos and, and, uh, uh, just some, some, <laughs> some real sub, sub shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and, um, and that's it for the effects. And then I've got it all routed through this, uh, router box. This guy, I think it's called Bright Onion Petals. Yep. Yeah. He, he did, he, um, he designed this and um stephen had one and uh i'm like oh this is great because we we'd always work with splitter boxes that was a really important part of this group to be able to to play all these amps and and together and and keep them in phase because we're running on with cabinets and stuff and sometimes these heads could be out of phase with each other yeah like like the red knob sometimes we were finding was out of phase with the the buddha uh, with with the with the original one okay so anyways this helps you with that and um and when you're running that many amps in cabinets, it's, it's important to have something that can help correct the phase if necessary. So we got that, and then, you know. Tuner and, tuner, volume and a volume pedal. And, a, and I, I like the volume pedal because I um, started using that probably six or seven years ago because I'd like to like be able to like go from, ex- you know, the full volume ripping your face off to yeah. nothing. I really like that. Being able to do or that. As it says
0: on here, the set list burn with motherfuckers. I think that's. <laughs> oh, I think
3: that's, that's a, actually Burning Witch motherfuckers. Um, that's a um, a reference to a band Steve and I had back, way back in the day. We Predated
0: started, Thor's Hammer?
3: Right after Thor's Hammer. Okay. Yeah. Thor's Hammer, um, the singer Runhild went back to Norway, and me and Steve wanted to keep playing together, so we started a band called Burning Witch. And um, that riff is a. Burning Witch, so so our set is kind of peppered with uh, you know ghosts from the past. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's like we got we got stuff from our the you know, very first stuff we ever wrote, and then we also have something from Life Metal too. That was a piece of music that Stephen and I um, wrote together. That um, was kind of a, a nod to our early stuff but also features a a solo section for each player to play like you know some riffs or whatever they feeling like playing in that section so it's,
0: it's very organic how you, do, you guys do perform live it's almost like a baton toss between the riffs and then the solo and then you change positions in that regard
3: yeah and we kind of try to you know that one person will play the riff and the other one will feedback and it's interesting to hear how um, that feedback interacts with what the what the, what the riff is. Sometimes it's very dissonant and it's like, and it's just and then sometimes it's like, it's just smooth and then sometimes it creates interesting like octaves or something. It's very, it's very cool. Um, last night we were playing in Atlanta and it like, man, it really sounded to me like this, kind of like a pump organ where it was just like this push and pull. <laughs> you know, it was like really cool. It's like very interesting and sometimes uh, atonal and then sometimes just like just really like heavy and, and in unison so um it's cool to play with that and, you know like play uh playing off each other with the feedback i mean it's been a huge important part of what we do so it's
0: an uh, like obviously you're together playing everything going but then also how you play together is like an organism it's 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 alive
3: yeah yeah i mean <clears throat> life metal i mean that was <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's you know, and those are the choices that we made to record with Albini, who's his he's the absolute master of capturing a band as they sound a in moment. the room. Yeah, you know, a very um, a very um, transparent uh, documentation, and so we're like, that's why we did that record that way with him was, and we wanted to have a, a nice document of that because a lot of the records we have. Are very different from the live show there there's a lot of they're more conceptual and they're they're, you know they've they've got many textures and layers and different instrumentations and choirs and you know strings and all that stuff so it, it, it was nice to do something that was like um, that was just really raw and in 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 the moment because mm-hmm. um, uh, I think that's an important aspect of this group you know
0: so. Yeah. Well, Greg, I really appreciate the time. Uh, yeah. It looks like the VIP people have trickled in, so that's my sign to get the hell out of stage and let you guys do your thing. Right. on. I right really on. appreciate cool. you cool. guys, and uh, yeah. stay safe and keep rocking out there. Thank you very much. All right, everyone, not, last but not least, there are so many characters in the band, uh, and we're joined by Anna, who runs the Fog Machines, which is a critical part of the guy's whole aura, mystique, mysticism that is behind the band. So tell me about what's your role in all what we're seeing and the lack of what they're probably seeing in the audience mm-hmm. right now. But how are you doing and what is your participation in the band, the performance?
2: Yeah, so I'm Anne mm-hmm. and I'm the lighting designer and uh, the master of the fog for the, <laughs> for
0: the show. Which we just got a big blast of from the courtesy of the sound guy, Chris, who, who fogged us out. Yes. But what, what are you trying to do? What do you bring to the, to the stage? Obviously the guys have the presence, the loudness, the volume. But what is your job? What what are you supposed to do?
2: So my job is to make this loudness and sound visual for people uh-huh. and support this amazing sound uh, with all the visual as- aspects which are lights, darkness and the fog. Yeah. And the fog has always been a big part of sun and their lives shows and the fog brings the sound and everything so much closer to people. Like because we use so much fog Um, often people are kind of, it comes to them. Yeah. And they are surrounded uh, about it and also they might be in a totally in their own world.
0: Yeah, it's funny how that just kind of, you know, cloud of created smoke does that. It it brings such a whole different element to the performance and and the the experience that the, the audience gets to feel. And so the other thing that the guys both mentioned off camera is the actual noise of the machine adds to everything too, right?
2: Yeah, that's true because we use, uh, use always the powerful fog machines. Yeah. And because of the pressure, the, the sound is quite loud. Yeah. And the fog just comes and then, then you can hear the sound. And for all audience, it's often also a, like a cue that, okay, now something is happening and the big burst of fog is coming. Yeah. And a lot of people are excited about the sound tune. So again, just like we had when we we're talking about the guys, this is always
0: a p- omnipresent or a present mode. As we get another strike from Chris, is that this is a organic performance? Each night's different. I'm sure your cues are different, so it's just it's every night is a whole no, new experience.
2: Yeah, and that's one thing which is great with this band that every night is different. Not only because the like the venue, or yeah. actually that's one of the big reasons because how the fog behaves. Depends on the AC and um, the venue and size and the height and everything. And it's always kind of a surprise to me too, like what will happen. (laughs) And for example, here the fog just stays. Yeah. We are in a cave and it doesn't move anywhere. So they will have the fog here tomorrow morning. Yeah,
0: they will. Well, thank you guys very much and thank you very much for joining us and telling us about this wonderful experience that is Sun oh. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we got
2: another
0: one.